As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on its time. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, NFL, UFC, film, TV, politics, you name it. We talk about it. It's no holds barred radio, folks. I'm here with my co-host, my producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, we can't see you. We can hear you. I'm the, I'm the man behind the curtain. You're probably going to get the best ratings ever that no one has to look at my dumb face. Uh, there we go. Well, you said it. I didn't. I never would say that anyway. So it's all good. I <laughs> Thanks, missed. Bud. I missed the ball dome, TJ. Okay. So we'll we'll sorry. we're working on it before the end of the show. Well, we've got an exciting show today. We have a lot to talk about. A lot has happened this week in the news from the week that was. We definitely have to cover some subjects. But before we do that, and we'll cover a few of them with us, gentlemen. It's time to bring on. Standing six feet four and seven eighth inches tall, weighing in at 255 pounds or whatever the hell he wants. He's the MVP of the Pro Bowl. He's the master of defense. He's the player for the Las Vegas Raiders, bringing on our champion, Max Crosby. Max, how are you? How are we doing, brother? I appreciate the intro. Always. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I appreciate you, Max. I got to tell you, you know, we become friendly over the last year or two. You know, you come to all the UFCs, you come with your beautiful girl, you sit there, you have fun, you're going crazy. And you're there from like the first fight, Max, you know, this like, um, we have a few people celebrity wise, like yourself that, you know, they'll stop in like Vegas style, you know, three time, three fights before the main event, whatever you're there getting into it. You're there enjoying it. doesn't matter if we're at the apex or like last week at the huge show at UFC 276. Quite a show, main event, a little bit of a sleeper. That's okay, but it was quite a show. But Max, I want to thank you for being the UFC fan you are. I want to thank you for being the man you are. I had my boys at a show at the Apex. You did nothing but show them love, show them courtesy, as you do to everybody. Um, thanks for being the role model that you are, not just the great football player that you are, but thank you for being you, and thank you for being on the show, period. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate it. Aside from the fact that some of the greatest ink I've ever seen, look at that ink, TJ. Come on, check it out. That is just awesome. I this mean, it's very, uh, it's very, it's uh, very max. You know what I mean? It's on brand, if you will. On brand is right. Is right. No, it's very cool. So, Max, you know, um, a lot, a lot of things happening in the news now. I want to go over the new acquisitions with you for the Raiders, and I, and uh, you know, a couple other questions. But I see you just hired uh, the first uh, female black uh, team president, in the NFL, and Sandra Douglas Morgan. Congratulations, guys. I think it's a hell of a move. Yes, sir. No, we're uh, we're fired up. Um, you know, I had the honor to go yesterday and um, meet her for the first time um, and be there at her introductory press conference. And it was it was incredible. Her whole family was there. Um, she's extremely confident, well-spoken. And, you know, we're fired up to, you know, have her have her part of the family. So we're we're really excited. That's really cool because, you know, TJ Maxx, of course, was supposed to take the show with us yesterday. And um, he got a call from the coach that this was happening. Did you have any idea that was the announcement? Because I didn't until I read this morning. 
No, I didn't know until literally the morning of. So that's when I found out and they're like, you got to be there at 12. And I'm like, all right. So that's when I texted you. I'm like, Mark, Mark D called me. So I got to, I got to be there. Uh, yeah. When the man's like Dana White calling me, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I got to get on the jet, you know, got to make sure I'm there. So, you know, Max, if football players as, as citizens, as outsiders watching in, we think the players only deal with the coaches, right? How active is a, like a team president in with the players? I mean, do they go over to go into you, talk to you, pat you on the back, or do they let all the messages come to you through the coaches? What's the chain of command? Can they walk in any time? And, and do you think that your team is going to fully respect a female in this position? It's an honest question. And it's one that I would personally, because I love like Kamala Harris, you know, becoming vice president. I'm all about equality, female and men. So uh, not even a question with me. No, absolutely. You know, I'm glad you asked. You know, obviously, when you think of football, you know, it's a very manly, masculine sport. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are like, how was a woman, you know, being getting announced as a president? But for us, you know, in our our organization, we have we have, you know, from African-American to Mexican, we have everything you can imagine, woman, male, everything. So the Raider family is always is always gone uh, in a different route than most other organizations. You know, Al Davis started that trend way back in the day. He was yeah. the first um, first owner to hire a Hispanic head coach. Um, he's been a pioneer in, in doing that. And Mark obviously has come in and continued that trend. Um, and we just do it our way, you know. And at the end of the day, the most qualified person gets the job. And I think I feel like we've done a great job of doing that. And that's something that, you know, I, I truly appreciate as a player. Um, you know, being in an organization that accepts everybody, no matter what background they come from. So it's it's really exciting. And, you know, obviously the team president role, um, they're not as involved with the football side of things, but they're still a part of the family. At the end of the day, you're going to see them in the building. Um, they're, they're a big part of the bigger picture type of business deals going on with stadiums and, you know, all that type of stuff as well. So at the end of the day, we're not with them every single day, but you know, they're a huge part of, of, of what we do. So, you know, no matter what, we just want the best and qualified person. And she's definitely the person for that job. That's awesome. You know, speaking of qualified people and the uh, ins and outs and the Raiders, we all know last year, kind of a tumultuous season, not as far as play, right? Because you guys went really far and I was very proud. Of course, I love opening the Raider games. I love being, now they told me I'm a, I'm a team member of the Raiders. I hope that means I get a Super Bowl ring with you when you guys nail it down. Can't wait for that. But it's not all about that. It's about supporting you and the other warriors, you know, on the gridiron or call them the, the gridiron warriors, as I like to call them. Um, so last year, aside from the, the horrific incident with the player involved in the car crash and all that happened there, uh, we all know about that. No reason to go into that. But the whole Gruden situation, you know, when when John Gruden was ousted at that time, and I assume you had a good relationship with John Gruden. Yeah, uh, I know he's a tough, tough coach, Chucky, as they as they like to call him. Yeah. Um, did that really did, not? Or I'm not saying did that really because I can't say that. Did that have an effect? Suddenly you're losing the head coach. You, you have under coaches underneath them, but the, but the, the team's in a week of turmoil at that point. How much effect did that have on like the game you played that Sunday of that week? Did it really affect the players or did it not? Um, yeah, you know, it, it was tough. Like it was kind of a buildup um, in a way. So we were playing, we, we were playing Chicago. Um, I, I believe it was week four. Um, and that's when the first like email came out and there was stuff going on, you know, going around about Gruden and things like that. And, we didn't know it would get to that extreme and we didn't know he would be out of there in just a week. 
So going into that Chicago game, there was a lot of noise and obviously the, you know, being a head coach, being Gruden, like he has to call the full game and he's dealing with all this stuff off the field. Um, and it was, it was a distraction. Um, but I felt like as a team, you know, we were ready to play. Um, we just didn't play our best. Um, but once we found out more emails are coming out and that he had to uh, resign, um, it all happened like that. And it was right yeah. after the Chicago game. And it was, you know, at that moment, you know, I got calls from uh, Mike Mayock, who was the GM at the time. I got calls from Rich Basaccia, our assistant head coach and special teams guy. Um, and they were they were telling me, you know, obviously it's a, it's a horrible situation, um, but we have a game. Um, we have a game to play this week. We have a full season still left to play. Um, and, and they and they elected Rich Basaccia to step in. So after that, you know, we, we already loved Coach Rich. Like, Rich, me and Rich personally, like, my relationship with him is incredible. Um, and he's one of the best leaders I've ever been around. So once we found out that Rich is going to be the coach, um, everyone bought in. You know, that's at the end of the day, like, we could have went the complete opposite way and just said, screw it, you know, this season's a wrap. We'll figure it out after the year, whatever. But we put in so much work, and at the end of the day, I think it, it really brought us closer. Uh, we had an incredible group and we just, we all stayed together and we ended up winning 10 games and, and going to the playoffs and almost beating Cincinnati who made it to the Super Bowl. So it's just a credit to Rich Basaccia's leadership, um, the rest of the guys on the team, um, just staying together and staying focused in such a such an up and down roller coaster of a season. Um, it just shows you how, how mentally tough, you know, these guys are in the locker room. And it's all going to pay off this year. It's almost like, you know, you went through a, a, a toughening period last year. Now you have the addition of the new head coach, Josh McDaniels, correct? Yes, sir. So what happened to Rich? When Josh comes in, where does Rich go? So Rich, he got – he's one of the best special teams coaches in the league. Um, so he got hired by the Packers right away um, after they announced the McDaniels uh, hiring. So he's in Green Bay. Um, I still have great communication with him. It's one of the one of the – best people I've ever met. Um, and I truly mean that that dude is, he's a genuine, um, just a great leader and a great person. And, uh, yeah, you know, I wish, I wish nothing but the best for him and I know he's going to do great things for green Bay. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him and, you know, obviously things didn't go the way everyone expected it, but that's just, that's just this league, you know, you never know what's going to happen. There's so many, so many different variables that, that play into it, that you just have to stay prepared and, and take care of the day to day. And you just got to go with the flow. Like they say on any given Sunday, my man, any given Sunday, or Johnny Unitas used to say, talk is cheap, see you on the field, superstar, or however he exactly put it. I always love that from Johnny Unitas. Johnny yeah. Unitas, back in the days when he, one of the biggest quarterbacks, greatest quarterbacks ever, and yet he's, I think he was a car salesman in the offseason because they weren't making the kind of money that, God love it, people like Max Crosby are making, and it's the name of the game, of course. So it's now so um, with the, uh, the new coach coming in, with Josh McDaniels and people always say, Oh, it takes a year. It takes two years to acclimate to the, you know, the formula of the team or whatever the proper verbiage is to, to put that. How's he, how's he acclimating and how's the team acclimating to him? You know, honestly, it's, it's been incredible. You know, obviously it's, it's all new. I have a bunch of new teammates, um, but our core guys are still here. Um, that's, that's, that's really important. You know, having Derek, you know, re-signing, having, you know, obviously myself, Hunter Renfro, all those guys, Darren Waller, we're all coming back, um, but also adding some fuel onto that, getting a Devontae Adams, a Chandler Jones, guys that are superstars, but also humble and hard workers. And that's that's hard to find. Yeah, just building this team. And, you know, I think Coach McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler, the GM, have done an incredible job. Um, and OTAs have really showed, you know, guys are really bought in. Um, everyone's 
you know, selfless and committed to this new, new way of playing and new way of, you know, new system and new everything. But um, everyone's bought in because we know we have more than enough ability um, to go out there and, and win games. But at the end of the day, it's the team that is the closest and has that, that tight knit bond that, that ends up winning it in the end. So um, that's what we've been working on, just working on our, our relationships and getting closer as a team. And I feel like we're definitely on our way. That's awesome. Well, I'll be there on the field um, August 14th for the exhibition uh, home opener. I'll be on the field there for you uh, for the, or should I say the dais, you know, up yeah. top uh, for the Cardinals on the 18th for the home opener. And I've already gone over everything with my man there. Do you know, Justin uh, uh, Casserly who, yet you know, and all he runs all the, the show stuff, the behind the scenes pro, you know, music no. and everything. It's okay. Probably not. There's so many people there, but anyway, he's my contact there. So we're all booked up for the season for me to be there for all the games. I'm going to bust my butt to get back from Europe for one game in time for the morning. Canada, I'm not going to miss it. Any chance I get, I'm going to be there. Um, you know, the first time I oh, – wait, we just got joined. I think we have a new water boy for you. Uh, Max, hey, here he is right here. Hey, <laughs> I'd be a fantastic water boy. Oh, there we go. There yeah. you go. Hey, I'm There's curious, Max. Where are you right now? Are you in Vegas? Oh, yeah, I'm in my backyard right now. Dude, I, I don't think that background for someone being in Las Vegas. I always think like desert, you know, like that looks like lush forest almost. Yeah, no, this is this. I love this neighborhood over here. It's very secluded and it doesn't really have a Vegas feel. It's very, uh, it's different, but it's See, beautiful. Th that, that's beautiful. what I like about Vegas. Vegas is a lot different than a lot of people sort of like typecast it. It can be anything you want. If you've got money, you can make it anything you want. Yeah. You can make your house anything you want. Exactly. Well, I mean, even, even if you get out of town a little bit and go up to, I think it's like Mount Charleston, you can get like a winter vibe. You can get all sorts of stuff out there. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful up there. Very cool. So, um, Max, you know, when I played football as a kid in school, and I only I, I only played in my uh, junior high school and, and a couple of years in high school. I just got a year in high school because I became a water polo player and a swimmer because I came out to Malibu. I, all I did was surf and swim and all that stuff. And honestly, one of the reasons that I went into water polo is because we were doing two-a-days, right? And um, here I am sweating my balls off. Sorry. <laughs> hey, you know that's it, real. I sweat my balls off right. for two a day. All right, yeah. If, if it's if it's real buff, you say it the real way. <laughs> if it's not in the octagon, it's not real. So here I am. I'm getting ready. I'm going through all the stuff, and here's these water polo or the swimmers just walking in, diving in the pool, you know. And I was a big swimmer and everything. And I said, you know what? I think it's time for a change. <laughs> and that's when I went into water polo and all. Hey, so, water polo is a real sport, Buff. Like, that'll kick your ass. I scored more goals than anybody, but I got kicked out of more games than anybody because I, I was rough. You're beating I, up people. I used my you? elbows. Yeah. I was coming around hitting guys in the head with elbows, and I learned you're not allowed to do that. But the heck with it. They were hitting me. I'm hitting back. It's just a rule of the thumb. So, hey, you know you know that rule, Max. Sparring rule. You come at me, I'm coming at you hard. You come at me hard, I'm coming at you the same. You come at me harder, I'm coming at you harder. Period. Exactly. So um, in the two days we did now, what's the deal? Okay. I, you know, Baldy from the NFL network. Of course. That's my guy. He's my buddy. Okay. He's, he's oh. a long time friend of mine. So, and this doesn't relate to you, Max. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I, I asked him once, I said, why are a lot of the players seem to be getting hurt more than before? He said, his reasoning was, is that you don't practice uh, players today because of the rules and stuff. They're not hitting each other every day. They're not really going hard through all the prep, they're saving it for the game. And he said, it's not anything taking away from the toughness and the amazing players they are. It just maybe lacks toughening the body a little bit for the games during the season. So I don't know if you agree with that or not. I'm not saying I do. I'm just telling you what Baldy was giving his, his viewpoint because he comes back from the, you know, the older days with his days oh, with yeah. the Cowboys and the Eagles and all. Um, 
are you doing two a days or what, what is the, what, what is the uh, summer training camp regimen for you? Yeah. So, you know, obviously it's a lot different nowadays, you know, back in the day, they used to do two days, three days, all things like that, but we don't do two days anymore, but um, you know, I feel like it's up to the coaches like to really um, kind of determine how that goes. Like you got to find a fine balance. Like at the end of the day, you can't be banging and hitting every single day and expect to be fresh and hundred percent on Sunday. But at the same point, like practice for me, Wednesday and Thursday, like and Friday too, it's shorter practice, but at the end of the day, leading up to a game, like I know what I need to do during practice. I got to go hard and feel how it feels during practice. So once I get to the game, I'm confident and I know I'm good. Like you, you just have to find that fine balance and what you do in practice is going to, is going to be exactly what you do in the game. So for me, like practice is like the hardest thing of the week for me, because I'm going as hard as I can. It's two hours. There's no, like, you don't get a you know break between every play. It's a little bit different. So that's why, you know, I feel like practice is, is huge. You know, you got to get those game game type reps during the week um, to prepare yourself physically, you know, for game day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, days off. So for us non-knowers, you practice, do you have Saturday off before Sunday or do you practice on Saturday? No. So we, uh, so we play on Sundays and then Monday we come in the building, we watch film, work out, um, and then get massages, things like that. And then we're off for the rest of the day. And then Tuesdays are off day. Um, and so for me, I always go in there on Tuesday and get my second lift of the week. I get another massage, get in the tubs, things like that. Um, so by Wednesday, when we're back in practice, um, I've already knocked out my lifts and everything for the week. So I'm, I'm just focused hundred percent on the game plan and, and get ready for the next game. So Wednesday is a full, uh, is a full practice. Thursday is a full practice and Friday is like an hour, like run through kind of going over everything. And then Saturday we have like, if, if we travel, like if we travel, we would leave on like a Friday night or Friday mm -hmm. afternoon and get there and then relax all Saturday, watch some film, do walkthroughs, things like that. But if we're home, um, you get to sleep in your bed on Friday and then show up in the building. And um, we just do a walkthrough and kind of go over some things and watch a little film. And then, you know, we get to go to the hotel and everything and relax. And then, Sunday it's back on so so at the hotel when you're on the road otherwise in Vegas you go home right yeah no so on Saturdays no matter what like before games we're in the hotel um, See, I like the, that I like that I mean I stay at I don't want to say the hotel you're at but um it's the same hotel every time because I stay at the Delano that's where they put me up for the Raiders so yeah you don't have so, to say you don't have to say <laughs> I won't say it but um yeah we stay at the same hotel every time um, and you got to be in bed by 11, um, lights off, everything like that. Um, no matter if you're on the road or at home. So, so I like your, that. What about you're craving a little blackjack or do you, do you gamble <laughs> at all? You live in Vegas. Do you, are you, do you play blackjack or anything or stay away? Um, no, I'm not a big gambler like that. I, I definitely, I like to play roulette. Like that's like my favorite game. If I'm going to, if I'm going to gamble. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like things like that. I like playing roulette a little bit, of. uh, Buffalo gold on the slot machines, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. Good. All right, well, we've just established the fact that you're not a gambler. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and that's good, Max. Save those millions, will you? Take, take yes, care sir. of your lady and your family and, and save it for the good stuff. For, you you for never bet athletes. fights, Max? Oh, oh yeah. No, I'll bet on some fights and things okay. like that. i got a buddy. We, like, there, for me, like, if I'm going to gamble, I'm going to pull out a certain amount of money that I'm not going to be upset with losing. Right. <laughs> a couple hundred bucks. So it's never... Like, cause I've seen people like, all right, I'm putting 10,000 on this and then they're sick for the rest of the night. It's like, right. I pull a couple hundred out and do, you know, do a couple bets on fights and stuff like that. And, 
um, yeah, just I'm, I'm never I'm not doing it to win big. I just do it just because I'm competitive and you know I want to be right. So it's like All right, so lay it down Saturday night. Who'd you bet on? So I bet on um, I bet on Izzy. So I was happy about that. Okay. Um, I lost my money with Strickland, which I was upset about. That's yeah. a, a buddy of mine. So yeah, I lost money on him. I bet on Robbie Lawler. He looked great, and then he ended up losing. So. Um, I, I bet on Jalen Turner. So I was kind of 50, 50, I ended up splitting even. So it wasn't too bad. That's a win. You That's break even win. in gamma. It's a win. It's like oh, yeah. you push with the blackjack play uh, dealer in blackjack. You won because <laughs> they didn't get your money. <laughs> you didn't lose. You didn't even it's, it's a good night for sure. For sure. Hey, um, do you watching, uh, do you like when you relax, are you into TV? You like watching series at all movies or stuff like that? hundred percent. Have you seen the new top gun yet? I have not, but everyone's telling me to watch it. It's awesome. You know, you were sitting right beside Miles Teller, the co-star of, uh, he was a few seats away from you in no. Top Gun. But I got to tell you something, man. It is an adrenaline rush. It's edgier seat. It's must-see in a movie theater. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. I'm going to go see it. I need to. I need to. It's still in theaters, too. It's one of those uh, films, you know, in the modern day, it seems like after 30 days or whatever it's it's streaming this one they're, they're holding on to for a while because it's grossed almost a billion and a half dollars it's like the second highest grossing movie i haven't heard history. anybody say one negative thing about it not not miles did say i asked him he said tom cruise um he doesn't want to do a third one he doesn't feel there's a plot that's going to work well i mean yeah. you know if you time it out for it to match up with the amount of time from top gun one to 30 top years gun two, he'll be uh 128 i think yeah i don't think they'll let him fly at that point no, for yeah. sure for sure <laughs> <laughs> are you did you ever see the movie the godfather of course of so course. one of the great one of the top 100 greatest movies ever made on paramount plus an app i've been binging on this lady it was a topic later on the show but i just mentioned it to you they have a miles teller again he's uh starring in this uh like 10 part series give or take called the offer and it starts off before mario puzo the author of the godfather ever wrote the book and it okay. starts telling the story from that point all the way to the end of making the movie and after the movie was made and oh. what this film went up against between the mob trying to stop it to the violence, to the, you name it, to what this producer, it's one of the most awesome uh, TV series I've seen. So okay. even, even better than Ta Pam and Tommy, I got to tell you a little different, but I, I saw Pam and Tommy. I, I like that one. That was a good one, but this one is really cool. If you're into that, it, it picks the whole, you know, time period back in the, in the sixties and everything. I just, I just can't recommend it highly enough if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Oh, 100%. No, I'm definitely going to check it out. Like, my favorite movies of all time are all mob movies. Like, Sopranos, the, the show Sopranos is my all-time favorite show. Um, so, I love I love Sopranos, like Goodfellas, The Bronx Tale. I just watched a Casino for the 20th time a couple of nights ago. Like, I really like the mob movies are my all-time favorites. Well, it's funny you mentioned uh, a couple tidbits in what you said, but uh, Casino. Yeah. I've been going to... Uh, Vegas since 1972 when my parents and I moved out here from Philadelphia to Malibu and okay. my parents took me there as a teenager I was gambling and playing blackjack at 19 in the casinos I can say that now due to statutes of limitations my dad was a boss gambler he he was treated but back then we stayed at the Riviera Hotel where they filmed the movie casino and when <laughs> the boys ran you know the town yeah I gotta tell you it's a different world back then Max different world my dad would look at the pit boss and tell him that we wanted to go see elvis presley he'd make a phone call hey you're sitting first row take care of the buffer boys right 
<laughs> you don't get that today. That doesn't happen today. It was a totally, totally different world back then. And then That's we talk cool. about The Godfather. My friend was James Kahn, who played Sonny Corleone in The yeah. Godfather, who passed away yesterday. Yeah, and I want to just, well, I have you on, if I just may say, because his family, his son, Scott, you know, people that I know, I, I just want to send my best wishes and condolences on the passing of one of the old breed, one of the men's men actors that was out there, uh, Jimmy Kahn, one of the funniest guys I ever met, and just a, a real... Just a really cool guy. And um, rest in peace, Jimmy Kahn. Just want to say that. Absolute legend. Absolute legend for sure. So, Max, when you're not playing, and thank you for saying that, when you're not playing football and you have your offseason, business ventures at all? Are you chilling? Um, yeah, you- like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a real big homebody. Like I got a, you know, I got three dogs here. I got a little daughter on the way. Um, and I really like to be in the house. Like I, I train at the facility in Henderson. I'm there all off season. So once in a while, like I'll go back home, I'll see my family in Texas for about a week after the season. Um, I'll have them out here and things like that. Um, but yeah, I really don't go anywhere. I, I, I went to Utah to get engaged. I love Utah, the beautiful mountains and everything. It's a different kind of scenery, but yeah, I always find like one different, like random place to go to every off season. Um, so that's kind of how we do it. Like me and Rachel, we went to Tahoe last year. We love uh, Lake Tahoe. It was beautiful. That was beautiful. We like, yeah, we like just change it up, find a different place like that. But for the most part, like we're we're in the house and, you know, relaxing and, and enjoying Vegas for sure. And what about sports? I mean, are you a skier, are you a motorcycle? Are you do anything that possibly, God forbid, could interfere with your play? Uh, no, I'm a big basketball. Like I love basketball. It's like my number one first love. Good. I literally – Got a court here at the house. There you nice. go. That's got awesome. A, got a little setup, so I'm always playing, shooting hoops, and have teammates over, and we we play basketball a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I love basketball, and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. To be honest, and I love fighting. So, well, you and I have a few things in common. Then I love basketball too. I don't know if I want to dribble up against the basket with you covering me, but I'll definitely play a game of horse. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do either in that Vegas heat. My goodness, you need an indoor oh, court good. there, man. Lose a little bit. You know, you were yeah. born in Colleyville, Texas. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is just a drop off for nine months. We moved to Dallas after that, where I spent about six years of my young life. Um, I love Texas. Do you miss it? Your, your whole family back there? Yeah. So I, so it's funny. So I lived in, I was actually born in Michigan. I lived in Michigan until I was 10. And oh, then I thought I, you were born in Texas. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. And I, so I lived in Michigan until I was 10. Like all my aunts, uncles, grandparents, they all live in Michigan still. Um, then I moved off to Texas um, in like 2008, I believe. Um, and my parents are still there. And I, and I love it. Like, I love Michigan. I love Texas. Um, it's, it's tough. Like, my parents live out in the country. I love going and seeing them, enjoying, you know, our time there. But it's just, you know, we're, I'm blessed to be able to live in Las Vegas because everyone wants to come here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, yeah. so it's like, all right, cool. Like, if, if I have somebody I truly like, like my parents or my brother, my like some of my best buddies from college, things like that, they all want to come here. So I was just like, all right, man, find a weekend. We'll figure it out, and y'all come out here and enjoy it. So I like having guests and stuff, and they love the house, and we got got everything we need, so we enjoy it. They ever come unannounced? Right, yeah. Max. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. I, I don't do that. No. <laughs> so, Max, you uh, Saturday night, I'm going to let you go in here in a second, but Saturday night, uh, what was your favorite fight of the night? I mean, I know it wasn't Izzy's fight. It was a little bit of a sleeper. Izzy's still great. We all know that. Sure. Um, which fight did you like or which two fights did you enjoy the most? Um, 
honestly, I think like the obvious answer is definitely the Robbie Lawler Barbarina fight. That was yeah. a absolute war. Um, but yeah, honestly, that's probably the best. And then one of the most impressive one, uh, impressive fights was the Jalen Turner fight. Like that was supposed to be a legit, like, okay, this is Turner's first brand guy and Turner went there and finished him 45 seconds. So yeah, there was, there was a ton of good fights. I, I like the prelims a lot. There was a lot of, a lot of good fights. See, that's yeah. what I like about Max. And you said it earlier, Bruce, like he's, he's in the seat pretty much from fight one. And if like fight you, one, yeah, if totally. you miss those prelims, sometimes you miss the fight of the night or you miss the knockout of the night. And, uh, man, like, it, it, you know, honestly, I was actually proud of Las Vegas on Saturday night. That was an early arriving crowd. Normally, they're a little yeah. bit later. I don't know if it was because it was International Fight Week. You had more, you know, people visiting than, than normal. But uh, they were there almost from from fight one. And they should have been because, you know, the Jessica Rose Clark and uh, Stolyarenko fight, Jessica oh, I and Macy Barber, both those fights were great fights. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. There was no real sleepers, unfortunately, until we got to uh, maybe the co-main and main. But that was just high-level technical mixed martial arts, too. There's a lot to appreciate there as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. That's Max, good... I don't want to keep you too long, but is there anything you want to tell us that we can, you know, shoot out to the world here for you? Honestly, I got nothing for you. I just want to say I truly appreciate you having me on. We obviously, it took a couple of times to get on here, but we made it happen. And, you know, I appreciate you, Bruce, um, TJ. Well. I appreciate you guys for real. And I'll obviously be seeing you guys real soon. I'll be seeing you August 14th. Oh, I got to share with you one thing when I, um, and thank you so much for your kind words, Max. Uh, when I first came out at the first game last season, they told me they had B-roll of the players on the field because it was unannounced that I was going to be there. Nobody knew, right? Yeah. And guys were looking at each other going, holy S. Now we got to really win this effing game. You know, it's like I got you in a in a fight mode. Did you did you notice a surprise? I'm not saying I don't need to, my ego doesn't need this. I'm just asking. Was it a surprise for the players when I came out when you were on the field and I did that? So I got a funny story, and I'm glad you asked this. Okay. And this, and I don't want to take your guys' time. You got but, all the time you want, buddy. Go ahead. So this is what happened. So we're it was leading up to the game. It was the uh, it was game week leading up to Baltimore. And Coach Gruden was obviously our head coach, and we had a great relationship. You know, we would always joke around and, you know, talk crap back and forth. And he uh, – I think it was on, like, a Wednesday or Thursday, and I went up to Coach Gruden, and I'm like, Coach, you know what would be insane? I know this, this is our first – this is our first time in Vegas having fans, everything. I was like, imagine if Bruce Buffer was wow. was saying, and, it, you know, it's time, blah, blah, blah. I, was, I literally had that conversation. Like, oh, my gosh. I swear to God, you can ask him. You can ask him as well. He would back me up. But I literally said that, and then we run onto the field, and nobody had any idea. So when I looked up and I seen it, you going crazy and doing the announcement, I was like, I looked at Coach Gruden. I'm like, no way. And he was just smiling. I'm like, this is wild. And so I had no idea that it was actually going to happen, but I was literally like right before that happened, me and Gruden had that conversation. So I appreciate oh. Obviously, every time you come out, like – Everyone's going crazy. The fans are going crazy, and we we truly appreciate it. It's it's insane. I love that, Max. Thank you. I'm sitting here blushing, man. You made me so happy to hear that. It's, that was that's very cool. Well, I'm going to give it to the Raiders harder than ever this season. Let's make this a great season. There's no reason it can't go all the way. I know that's the only thing in your head. You got to believe that. Otherwise, why step into the fight, right? Got to believe it. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Good luck to you. The new acquisitions, the team, the coach, everything. Stay healthy, Max. Stay healthy and happy. Take care of your beautiful lady. And congratulations on your baby girl. When are we gonna when are we gonna have the birth? When does she when does she do? 
September 29th. September right, when you get in contact with me, you send me her name, date, time, height, weight, and to make you a really uh, wonderful video to commemorate the birth of your baby, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you guys. You got Thanks, it, Max. Max. Appreciate you, too. We'll see you around the UFC campus very yes, soon, sir. my friend. Absolutely. Cheers. All right, y'all. Take care. Not many fans bigger, uh, literally or figuratively, of the UFC than, uh, than no. Max Crosby. No, and like you said, I mean, it's like, um, what is the uh, the Red Hot Chili Pepper that's always there from the very first fight, right? Uh, yeah, Anthony Kiedis. Anthony Kiedis, excuse me. I, I, I brain farted there for a All second. Right. Anthony's there from the very first fight. Um, even Miles Teller, you know, and Chris Pratt, when they came in, they love being there early for the fights, and they're getting. Miles well, Teller was it, like, every time I walk by, he's double fist bite. Get it, get it, go get it, go get it, go get it, go get it. He's just, he's going crazy. It's like, right. whoa, okay, you're pumping me up, you're pumping me up. I mean, th that's the thing about fighting, and you know, no uh, disrespect to the main card guys because they're obviously on the main card for a reason. But right. anytime there are evenly matched fights, anything can happen, Bruce, and there are no. Uh, you know, uneven fights in the UFC. And, and the desire is as strong uh, as it is for the main event, as it is for these, uh, these preliminary fighters, maybe even more so because they're trying to, to climb the ranks and get on that main card. But uh, it doesn't matter. If I'm going to a fight show, like I want to be there for the show. And that starts with the, the walk and fight number one. Agreed. Agreed. And um, he's a perfect example of what you call a very solid fan, whether it's like a football fan. You don't show up in the second quarter. You show no, up at kickoff. No. You know? And uh, this is uh, the first time my extra round set was actually in the arena uh, at T-Mobile. And it's been a while since I've been able to take an entire show in uh, from fight one uh, to the very end. And I was oh, I, saw, uh, I saw a I, picture. You were, yeah. you were you. Oh, cool. So you got to see the, the whole, I got to everything. hear the whole everything. Okay. I mean, I, we had the ESPN set up essentially where our desk was at the very top of the arena. And we looked down nice. uh, right at the yeah. octagon. And uh, yeah, it was uh, an experience unlike any other. And uh, Bruce, the energy was just it was a different fight feel, a different fight crowd uh, last Saturday night inside T-Mobile. It was a different fight crowd for Vegas. Yeah, you know? no, 100 uh, percent. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like we were in. Uh, you know, like Madison Square Garden, Lake honestly, City. like Madison, like Madison Square Garden. Square Garden. Yeah, just everybody was just field. going ballistic. You yeah. know, the energy was really, really strong. I hate the booing when it happens. You know, I feel about that. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say, it, but I think the booing sometimes happens uh, when the the undercard fights are really great. You know what I mean? Because they expect too much. Right. They set a bar that is so high and, and you're not going to, you know, surpass that bar, especially as when you think about it, you get higher and higher up the card the athletes get more and more technical and, and are fighting for more. So they fight a little bit safer. I'm not saying that they're not trying to beat their opponent, but there are times where there's so much on the line. You, you fight to win more than you fight to put on a, a show at times. And, you know, when you are the champion, I'm not trying to make excuses for Israel Adesanya, but it is so hard to get to that belt that there are times you have to take the, the path to victory that is maybe not the most aesthetically pleasing. You know, a lot of people have made comparisons to Israel Adesanya being the next Anderson Silva well, look at the Tallis Leitch's fight with Anderson. Look at the Damian Maya fight with Anderson. Look at even the, the Patrick Cote fight uh, with Anderson. Like, there were times Anderson had to take routes to ensure that he walked out the building as the champion that weren't the most marketable, that weren't exactly what fans were, you know, quote-unquote, paying their money for. But, you know, sometimes you got to sit through high-level technical performances so you can get the knockouts of, say, a Vitor Belfort with that push kick or, you know, the, the you know, highlight reels that the greats put on. Sometimes uh, they got to take the, the road that uh, is a little more grindy. Well, that's why the sport is called mixed martial arts, okay? Right, yes. Because these men and women are supermen and superwomen. They have an answer for everything that comes at them. If it changes the pace of the fight and they need to change change their plan for the fight to win the fight, that's what it's all about. It's a game of chess. 
Yep. You know, one hundred percent. And uh, it's literally mixed martial arts. Boxing, you know, when I boxed, it was like I'm thinking, you know, three punches ahead. Sure. Mixed martial arts, you got to think three to five moves ahead. You got to set that thing up. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's, and it's all about adjustment, and it's a much more calculating uh, sport than people uh, really think. Like, uh, you know, I was happy that Alexander Volkanovsky was saying what he said after beating Max Holloway for the third time. It's not often you get a, a trilogy where one fighter has fought, you know, or has, has won the first two previous bouts and then goes on to win the third. But, you know, Volkanovsky is a guy that I think people have, for whatever reason, sort of resisted being a poster boy and someone that is a, a superstar. Well, I mean, he does everything right, Buff. Like, he, he goes out there and he... You know, he might bring his lunch pail to work, and sometimes it's it's grinding. But, man, the kid goes for it, and he has earned everything that he's been given. Now he's talking about moving up to 155. I think there are interesting fights for him there. But, uh, you know, I hope Alexander Volkanovsky is, is appreciated more so by the fans today than he was going into Saturday night because the, the kid is the best in the world at 145. Well, I agree with you, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm a big fan of Volkanovsky. I'm a big fan of Max. You know, it's just that was a, a brutal fight. Max being the warrior is, we all saw how it turned out. But I thought Saturday night was a heck of a night, exciting. Like when I put out my my Instagram, Twitter post, you know, I said a mostly memorable night, and it was a mostly memorable night. Yeah, and again, everything was really memorable. Yes, you might not, you know, talk about how Izzy, you know, fought his fight against Jared Cannonier, but it's his fifth title defense. That goes into the record books. You're going to remember the fact that Adesanya is the best in the world, and his only hiccup thus far has been, uh, you know, a couple fights have been somewhat boring. It takes two to tango. I don't think that uh, if you're going to look at Izzy and, and say that he was at fault for the Yoel Romero fight, I, I just don't buy that. I think Romero was definitely the one that wasn't engaging uh, in that contest. But uh, the bottom line is it's another uh, chapter to his championship legacy and reign. And uh, anytime Israel Adesanya fights, he should be buying the pay-per-view. Uh, exactly. You know, and there's certain people and I don't bet fights like that, but you know, there's certain people you don't bet against. You don't bet against Izzy. You don't bet against John Jones. You know, you don't bet yeah. against Amanda Nunes. You know, you just, you don't. Yeah. I'm curious uh, if uh, the Pereira fight is next for Adesanya. Uh, Max mentioned uh, Alex getting by Sean Strickland. Uh, he did so in pretty devastating fashion. This guy has only been in the UFC for a handful of fights. Uh, he Very was going impressive. Into, was going into 276 unranked, taking on the number four ranked middleweight. Uh, for me, I think that's the fight you got to make next. I mean, it, maybe it's a little bit early it, when you look at his UFC run, but the guy is a, a longstanding um, martial artist, someone who's had you know phenomenal success. He's beat Izzy twice in kickboxing. Uh, I'd like to see that be the next fight for Adesanya. I, I completely agree with you. Before I, I want to get one to another fight that happened last weekend outside the Octagon, but before I do, uh, the Paris show. There's 15,000, 17,000 seats. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to go in a few days early um, with a friend of mine and relax and enjoy and, and, you know, really have a good time. I was going to go to the south of France after, but they put a show on the 10th of September, so I can't do that. My own, oh, great, I have a problem, please. It's not a problem, okay, that's right. not a problem. You're going to France, man, like uh, Paris yeah. is a dream. France! Okay, so the, the point I wanted, I, <laughs> remember Coneheads? <laughs> I never saw it, unfortunately. Oh, it's Saturday Night Live, I never saw the... Well, I, I saw the bits, I never saw the film. Oh, I didn't see the film. I saw the bits. Never saw the film. I hear you. Okay, bits sometimes are better than films. Oh, 100%. I, they're yeah. a little, little, still a little bit early in my uh, timeline of, of Saturday Night Live, though. <laughs> Get this scuttlebutt, TJ. Hmm. There's 15, 17,000 seats. Right. 204,000 requests. Oh, my God. Came in for seats. Wow. The most ever for a UFC. It could sell off like 10, 20 times it's higher like than stadiums. the seats. Huh? 
That's a stadium. It's a stadium, but you know, you know, first show, keep it where it's at, make it happen. It's just it's been it's, a long time coming. Um, you know, France had outlawed mixed martial arts for the longest time. I think they're like really the latest adopter when it comes to countries to legalize the sport. A lot of it had to do with the judo federation not wanting mixed martial arts to get a stranglehold, um, because that's really what uh, no pun intended with the stranglehold, but that's really what the UFC and MMA does when it comes into new markets. And obviously, the the buzz is more than palpable if you're getting two hundred thousand seat requests. All right, well, let's just let's stick on the word stranglehold for a second. Okay, let's do it. Let's put the word stranglehold with the name Joey Chestnut. Oh, man. So I interviewed Joey right before this happened. All um, right, so let, let, let's set it up, okay? Yeah, so... Go I ahead. Mean, jo Joey, for all intents and purposes, is an icon when it comes to what he... Oh, there's no question. Sport. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, I talked to him. He actually had a broken leg, and he was actually worried about the broken leg interfering with how much he was going to be able to... Can you get him on the show? Down. Can you get him um, on our show? Maybe. I know his people, but, yeah, his people can somewhat be difficult to... Uh, yeah, deal I can with. But I'll, I'll do my best. See if you can. See if you can. I'll do my best. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so Joey's going to town doing his thing, and uh, someone came up on stage, stood right in front of him, had some sort of message that he was like protesting. And, you know, we live in a time now, Buff, you know, this as well as anybody, we don't know what these people do when they you know, breach that barrier and get on stage. Sometimes it's peaceful. Sometimes they're there to hurt you. And, and Joey uh, apparently showed off that he's got some skills when it comes to, uh, you know, defending himself because he put this dude in a proper rear naked chokehold very quickly and uh, you know they were to get this guy off the stage and joey just didn't miss a beat like he was still chowing down when he's putting that uh, that choke in and uh yeah man like that that's the thing too bruce not to change the subject entirely but like you can never be confident anymore if you are in a street altercation because the ufc has impacted people so much that you know everybody seems to know you know the proper rear naked choke grip or they're going for guillotines or, you know, things like that. Uh, Joey Chestnut clearly has done his homework and uh, was prepared to defend himself if needed. Good. Don't come at me on stage and I'm in an event. Oh, no, that would I'm be saying, really bad. That'd don't come really at bad. me. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm the toughest guy in the world. I'm not saying yeah. that, but I'm not going to sit around and, and be slapped and not hit you back. I'm not going to sit around. You touch me. Right. Just ask Frank Trigg. Ask Prime Frank Trigg. <laughs> okay i was trying to avoid that one but i guess it's unavoidable hey you know buff like again you went after the number one contender essentially in the welterweight division and no, he went time. after me he went well, after that's, me that's that's yeah. true he touched you yeah. first but you kind of finished it i'm just saying got to do what you got to do and Trig, and we're not saying anything that frank trick hasn't recognized so no, there's that no, recognize i'm an announcer don't hit me in the throat love you frank i'll see you in the, in the office he's, when he's you're so great like you know no frank's cool he's, we're buddies that was the whole point you know I, i've said this to frank's face and i'll i'll stand by it when he was fighting he was a dick man he was just a dick he was not oh. the type of guy that you even enjoyed saying hi to he was just in that mindset of just yeah. that's who he was but since he's gotten out of fighting and he's Sweetheart. a referee He's Sweetheart. one of the sweetest human beings I've ever met, Bruce. Like, there is no ego about him. He's a no. down-to-earth guy who just, uh, you know, he, he loves talking about his past, but he'll, he'll even admit, like, yeah, I was, I was hard to be around. No, he knows it. He, he spells it out correctly. Getting back to uh, – cheers to you, Frank. Getting back to um, Joey, think about this. And I bet Saturday Night Live does a bit on this. I have this premonition there's going to be a bit on this tomorrow night from what happened with Joey. But the time clock was still running. Yeah. Joey's record is 76 hot dogs. Yep. He choked this guy and they got rid of the situation. He's still down 63 hot dogs to right. win the competition. Yep. I'm sorry. This is like the performance of the week for me. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. And that's the thing. Like competitive eating is something that 
doesn't really get sort of the appreciation that it should. I understand it's one of those sort of sideshow spectacle sports, but Joey Chestnut's a guy that has to train and he has to do things. And he was talking about how his leg was, was hurt. And, you know, he thought that that would lower his uh, total number. And uh, you know, the, the bottom line is when you're competing at anything at a high level, uh, every second counts, every sort of decision that you need to make an action and move uh, sort of has a consequence on the outcome. And uh, the fact that Joey Chestnut wins this thing while also essentially finding himself in a uh, physical altercation, it's, it's amazing. I agree. I agree. And uh, switching tunes here a second at the UFC, which was star studded, <clears throat> there were 62 fighters. The UFC brought in for fight expo. Right. I'll tell you a funny story. They call, they called me two weeks ago, Reed Harris. And he said, listen, they they want you to open up the UFC expo right now. I had to come into Vegas on Thursday for uh, an event I did that night and, and a sports illustrated event on Friday. I yada, yada, yada. We all had right. events to do on UFC fight week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in bed. I'm sleeping in because I got an appearance at 12 noon. Okay. It's the expo opens at 10. They it call me early one nine, buff, man. They call me at nine 15. Are you ready to go? <laughs> I'm not even showered. It's like, God, guys, right. I do business where you set everything up ahead of time. You right. don't call me the more. I mean, you don't call me two weeks before and say, no. we want you to and no. never contact me. And let's be honest. You're not going to say this, but you're probably like, yeah, sure. I'll be there. Hey babe, I got to go. <laughs> I gotta get going here. I'm sorry. Whatever the scenario was, um, I just have to say that I went. I got there. And you know me, I'm a trooper. I, I saw it. You were killing it. You're crushing it. Oh, cool. It. Yeah. Oh, Saturday night. Did I kill it? Just kidding. So I loved the second I had jacket. so much fun Saturday the, night. The second jacket was so money. It was really what, wasn't good. Wasn't that I tell you, out of all the jackets when I did the change up, uh Chris and I were talking and I was looking at the social media response and emails and texts and you name it. That was that's the most talked about jacket I've ever worn. Oh, it was it was on point, Puff. Good job. Three offers to buy it, one for eight thousand dollars, TJ. Unbelievable. And I turned them all I down. It. I believe. Turned it. them all down. I mean, that's one that I actually hope to see again because it was a head turner. You'll see it in about a year. Okay, I like it. I mean, maybe and that's a fight of, week jacket. And the public in LA will probably see me in a white t-shirt, jeans, and shoes, and that jacket when I go out casual in the next month. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a good look, Buff. It's good luck. Yeah. The, the, the dragonflies, you know, there's certain meaning behind dragonflies. I was so into that. Anyway, thank you so much, TJ. It was, it was really cool. Okay, now, star-studded, 62 fighters, Miles Teller, Chris Pratt, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Max Crosby. Yeah. Vince McMahon. I saw Vince, yeah. They had a show daughter, the same, uh, same Triple time, H. essentially. Yeah, they, uh, they were over at the MGM Grand doing a pay-per-view. Um, I don't know if, I mean, it was definitely running when the UFC was. I don't know if it was when the main card was running, but uh, you know, the, it says something when you're running head to head with the UFC. And then as soon as you're done, you run across the street and, you know, make sure you catch the main event on a night that Dana White wasn't there. I know. I know. Dana was smart getting out of town you know, <laughs> during fight week. It's, it's pandemonium. Not a much need a vacation. Let's listen. Billionaire, half billionaire, whatever Dana is, that maverick of a businessman, my buddy Dana, this man works his butt off. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. You have so much money, but still so much passion to keep this running. Aside from all the other UFC adventure shows and TV shows. Dana, thanks, man, because it's that that fear that keeps us in where we're at. He's a maverick, like Vince is for the WWE. But now, get this, not not the good news. You know, Vince is getting hit with these, uh, you want to call them mis sexual misconduct and infidelity lawsuits. One report came out; he paid three million to one employee. Now, today, they report he's paid twelve million dollars in settlements out to a total of, if I have this correctly, four employees. Which is a problem because it's a public company, right? 
Is that why it's an issue? Well, it's the kind of thing, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. He may step down. Oh, he already has stepped down. Well, he's ste- but does he step down permanently? Was that I don't a know. Vacating? I mean, it's like an interim thing. I don't know. I mean, and that's the thing, too. Like, if anybody is just going to say, F all of you, I'm keeping my job, it's Vince McMahon. That said, it is different when it's a publicly traded company. There are some hurdles there. I don't know, man. Like, it, it's 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 an unfortunate scenario for someone to act this way when they are the leader of a billion, multi-billion dollar company. But, uh, you know, I it's going to shake out the way it does, and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, don't be surprised if he's still standing tall at the end as, uh, you know, the front man for, for this company. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. We'll see how it plays out. But, you know, listen, we all, not we all, but everybody's a fan of the WWE. And, I, and I'm and i a fan, too. I don't watch it, but I'm a fan. They're, they're I appreciate great, they're, the show. They're it's a, a great well show. a well-run entertainment company. And Completely. if you know anything about live events, there's nothing better than how they pull off their event. Yes, it's not the same thing that, you know, the UFC does, but uh, it's not supposed to be. And uh, you suspend your disbelief. It's like going to a movie. And uh, it's the best live action movie you can see in the business. Yeah, now we go to another subject. Former Japanese uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, Abe, uh-huh. I, if I'm saying his Abe. name correctly, yep. Abe was assassinated. Uh, if you watch the video, now get this, TJ. This is horrific, of course, because it always is if something like this happens. Japan has strict gun laws, okay? It's a mm-hmm. country of 125 million people that reported only nine deaths from firearms in 2018, compared with 39,740 that same year in the United States. Right. Okay. The only guns permitted for sale are shotguns and air rifles. Handguns are outlawed, mm-hmm. right? It's a complicated process. They suspect this is probably a, a handmade weapon wow. that this individual used. Um, this is the only death this year in Japan. It's horrific. Was it a firearm? Um, firearm. See, that's what's, I mean, I'm not trying to get into like conspiracy theories and talk craziness, but like that's what sort of concerns me about these 3D printers. You know what I mean? Yes, no, of to, course. Yeah. It's just like a zip gun. They make in in, in, j- in jail, you make the zip gun. You know, all you got to do is something come down on a fire pin right. and, a, and a barreled it for it to come out of. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It and goes I, to show you that if somebody wants to get you, they're going to get you. Yeah. I mean, that that's to me why it comes down to, to mental health. And, um, you know, uh, I don't want to get all gun crazy, but like this is something that, uh, like you said, Bruce, like if, if someone is mentally unwell and is hell-bent on on getting you they're going to do everything they can in their power to get you exactly exactly on another note here brad pitt one of my favorite actors um actually had the pleasure of having drinks and hanging out with him for an hour and a half one night here in venice just one of the most down-to-earth actors i've ever met he actually he was making the movie uh where he played achilles i forget the name of the film and he tore his achilles Oh, and he, oh. They, he was he was in the he was in the boot, you know, with the whole thing. Oh man. Anyway, that being said, just a little bit of my past life memory. Um, he suffers from a really rare disease. TJ, have you heard this? No, what is it? It's called prosopagnosia, if I have that correct. And in layman terms, it's face blindness. Two and a half percent of the population suffers from it in like varying degrees. Is this where they and can't it, see people or don't remember their faces? He exactly right see i think i have this i'm not even kidding you bruce like i i can meet someone in a week later i don't remember them by by look alone and i don't know why well in his case he can't recognize people by looking at their faces including family members 
See, that's that's extreme. But like I have a very short term, like people come up to me all the time and I have no recollection. Like you called my fight and I was like, I'm sorry. I probably remember your name. I might even be able to tell you something associated with your name, but I don't remember what people look like for whatever reason. Well, he claims he's never gone for an official diagnosis, but he's confident that he has the condition because he's been suffering from this for a while. Well, I mean, if you're looking at family members and you don't know who they are, doesn't you know they're not recognizing them? If they're it's people a good that you've had a, a deep history with, them, a little too much, uh, uh, you know. Maybe, may I mean, yeah, you might want to blow into the straw and tell me what uh, the the reading is before we just go with a <laughs> diagnosis. But uh, I'm guessing he's probably. I mean, if he's really talking about family members that he has an extensive history with and he doesn't recognize them, yeah, that's scary. Great. That's really scary. Speaking of Puncher's Chance, I'm on a Puncher's Chance national tour. I know. I've been seeing some photos. Yeah, uh, we did Total Wines, Total Wine and More, a huge store. I did them last week in San Dimas. They told me that it was a brand new San Dimas store. My appearance there that day over their monthly sales chart, I'm not saying it was because of me, but the day I was there, their sales increased $10,000 that day. Right, just a coincidence that you're just there. Just a coincidence. And, right, yeah. I appeared at Total Wine and More here in Redondo Beach. We brought in 30 cases. By the time I left, there was maybe four cases left. Unbelievable. Uh, guys were coming in and women buying four bottles, three bottles and cases at a time. Yeah. Incredible. People like it, Buff. It's not uh, it's not just a marketing strategy. You know, people. Thank enjoy you. It. Well, I want to announce now that the tour continues next week and I will be in um, Oakland. I'll tell you real quick. I mean, this national tour sounds like California is the whole nation. One second, I'll tell you. What, say that again? I said this national tour you're talking about just sounds like California is the whole nation. When you get yeah, because, right, it, it is. Well, I'm, in this case, the next two weeks it will be because uh, next week I go to, I'll tell you real quick as I remind myself, I'll be in Chicago. Okay. That's I'm going to be at Benny's Beverage. All right. Which is a very popular uh, location. Sounds like and a place I'd want to go, to be honest with you. What's that? It sounds like a place I'd want to go. Let's go to Benny's. Yeah, Benny, let's go to Benny's. Anyway, it's in Orland Park. Uh, I'll be there Thursday, July 14th from 6 to 8 p.m. I'll be announcing uh, a big appearance in Dallas at the end of the month on cool. the 29th of July. And we're working on something potentially for Long Island, New York. But anyway, this is the national tour. Everything's going great with punchers. I can't begin to tell you more. It's just, it's just going incredible. Let's go over a couple of little stories from the news here. An x-ray at a Bangkok airport. God, this is disgusting. Jeez. Found 109 live animals in women's luggage. 109 live animals, TJ. Just think about it. including Why? Including two rare white porcupines, two armadillos, 35 turtles, 50 lizards, and 20 snakes. Porcupines will mess you up. I, I can't even fathom that. I don't get it. I, 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 that's all I want to say. I can't, I can't fathom I mean, obviously, whoever's doing this is like an exotic pet dealer. But uh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. And then there was no? another one. You don't think they're exotic pet? Oh, a pet oh, no, they're selling them on the black market or whatever yeah. that term is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the black? What do they call that? I don't know. Exotic pet dealer is what I call them. Yeah. And a Florida I mean, teen or illegal. Yeah. A Florida teen was um, attacked by a shark in Florida. Oh, no. And she the reason she, survived, uh, she was in the water. She survived the shark attack in the state's Gulf Coast. And uh, what it turns out to be that one of the reasons that she, she survived it, excuse me, uh, was because she started punching it in the nose. Right. Which and the is reason what you, you punch a shark, said to do. always said to do that. I mean, if you have the wherewithal to do it, right. No matter how big the shark, all their nerve endings are in their nose. That's where it's like our feet. It culminates right. into their nose. Yeah. And I'm curious. So what kind of shark? Didn't say. 
didn't say a short article. So it's in the Gulf, say. right? So that'd probably be like a bull shark, maybe? Probably a book. Well, go. She if she made a bull shark. Those are the most vicious sharks in the world. Is that, is that even more vicious than a great white? What's what's the shark that can go up into freshwater? Bull shark. The, yeah. So I'm guessing it's probably a bull shark. If it's in Very the Gulf, well. it's probably going up and in, into the river and back down. And yeah, wow. Good for her to get away. That's that's terrifying. I hope she makes a recovery and can yeah. look at the water, you know, with some sort of still, uh, you know, passion for it. Because well, let's shark, shark attacks me, buff. I'm never getting back in the water again. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been with them in the water. It's your time. It's your time. So then um, right now we're going into the weekend. Let's just I just hope that I wake up on Monday and I don't read about another shooting this weekend. I just want to have one weekend when there's no shooting. This 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 shooting that happened weekend into the parade of people by this asshole. Uh, horrible. And the horrible part is that they, again, another case where the police went to the house. If I have this correct, they confiscated his guns in the past. He was still able to go out at 22 years old and buy two more weapons. This has got to be corrected, TJ. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get on one of our big gun control things. I love right. guns. I collect them. I, yeah, the whole bit, you know, I'm, I'm armed and ready to rumble. If I have ground checks, gun control, same in every state. This has got to stop. That's all I want to say. Agreed. Zoom is killing right now. Did you hear the guy was in a dress? They claimed he was in a dress when he did this? No. Whatever the reasoning is. Why? Maybe to hide. I don't know. Huh? Oh, I'm ending the show on a... Can you hear me? I hear you, but things are just... They're not working for us today, unfortunately. I think we're good now. I hope. Okay. Okay, you got it. Okay, sorry about that little blip, guys. Everybody listening. All good. All good. All good. We're going to make it. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. Human fossils found in a cave are a million years older than expected that we live, that we were around. They think now that we were around even a million years older than we expected to have been around. Hmm. Whatever that means, I do not know. We're old. We're old. <laughs> I think we'd be more advanced than we are then, unfortunately. Exactly. Okay. There's a UFC this weekend. I will not be there. Uh, everybody tune in. TJ, are you covering the UFC this weekend? No, I'm taking a very much needed week off. I uh, I was a part, I think, of uh, like 14 different broadcasts over that four or five day period out there in Vegas. So uh, which is partially why I've had some issues in here today. My light burned out, which is not fun. No. Uh, my camera wasn't working. I had to reset the entire studio here. So we take it out on the road. And so sorry about my technical issues. Sorry about how I'm like darker than I normally am. You can't really see me, but. Like I said at the top of the show, Bruce, uh, the fact that you can't see me very clearly might mean that the show gets the best ratings of all time. We see you now. You look great. And uh, I think the ratings went down in the last 30 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they That's went up. Don't true. worry. That's Everybody's not good. true. Nobody Everybody cares about me. They're all here for you, Bob. Now they're here for us. They're here for a good show. The show's not about me. It's about the show. All right. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's time with Bruce Buffer. It's kind of about you. Yeah, well, we change the title, make sure it gets more sales. Anyway, all kidding aside, TJ, anything you want to talk about before we sign off? No, nothing uh, really. Just uh, happy we made it uh, through another Fourth of July. Oh, how was it? What did you great. do? Uh, my my life is chaos, Bruce. I'm not kidding you. Like I moved through uh, fight week. My house is still completely in boxes. Uh, so very uh, late, we went out to dinner and we found a spot uh, nearby in a little uh, little town called Yorba Linda. I'm sure you're familiar with it. I know Yorba Linda, uh, sure. Hung out in Yorba Linda, watched a little fireworks and then went home and went to bed and, uh, you know, still like trying to unpack. Like if you asked me where my razor was right now, 
I, I can't tell you. I don't know where it is. I'm using one of these little, uh, uh, you know, disposable things that suck and tear apart my face. So like my life is in shambles, but uh, one box at a time, day by day, uh, I'm trying to get some normalcy going. TJ, I moved into my house six years ago and I'm still unpacking. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's uh, boxes in the garage I haven't even unpacked yet. It's like, buff, buff, I've I got so this. many things I need to take to the Goodwill and just get rid of because I just don't have the room. Yeah. For sometimes it. you got to say, I got to do it. It's like, yeah. clean. It's like I want to clean out the closet, all these incredible, you know, my, to me, I love my clothes, but I don't wear them anymore. You know, and it's yeah. like, I have a really hard time throwing stuff out. Well, for me, I just find like $700 microphones just randomly, you know, thrown around my house. So, so a lot over. I, I got I mean, you're using a great microphone. I love that microphone. You can tell it's the same one. Um, but yeah, no, Bruce, I don't, I, the things that we collect or the things that we forget about, especially some of the high end stuff, like I have things that are worth hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. I'm like, what? I didn't even know I own this thing. Yep. eBay. Yeah, I think so. I think eBay. we're headed for a take the time, uh, throw it on eBay. Yeah. I, you know, there's no reason to take in a little coin for stuff that's been sitting around. My problem is I got some really high end pro audio stuff that like only a radio station would want to buy, but I don't never know. know. Yeah. Never know. Well, if anybody's looking for a two bus audio mixing console uh, that has 12 pots and two microphone preamps and a phone hybrid, uh, hit me up because I not only like, didn't not only didn't I understand what you said, I would right. not be able to work what you said. So somebody else is going to buy it. Except yeah, for me. I mean, basically, I paid seventy five hundred dollars for it. And now this little thing, this Rodecaster Pro right here is eight hundred dollars and does everything and more than what that seventy five hundred dollars. Hey, I go back to the days when Texas Insurance made one of the first calculators and people were paying 60 bucks for it. Yeah. And then you could buy it for two bucks. You probably buy it for 50 cents now. Now know? I just get my phone to do it. You know, there you go. Now you get your phone to do it. It's crazy. Hey, Clerks yeah. three is coming out. They're making I'm Clerks excited. three. I love Kevin Smith. Um, you know, I don't own a DVD player anymore, but I still own every single DVD that uh, Kevin Smith has put out. It's just one of my weird fascinations. Um, I'm excited to see it. Don't throw those DVDs away. I told you last week, VHS, Back to the Future, $65,000. That's don't throw different, a different well, time. There's certain things you shouldn't throw away. It's a different <laughs> so, time, though. Different time, exactly. All right, TJ, so uh, let's go ahead and sign off. Let everybody get back to their day. Uh, we're taping this on Friday beyond this weekend. Again, I will not be in the Octagon this weekend, but I will be there for the big show on ABC next week. Very big show. That's a big one. Very, very. Well, they're all big. God, they've all been incredible. I know. I know. But network TV is always a big one. Yeah, totally. All right, everybody. TJ, thank you. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with another exciting guest. Thank you, Max Crosby. What a pleasure having that gridiron warrior on the show. Such a good guy. Such a good guy. All right, everybody, set your goals, write them down. So when you set on that golden brick path to your future, you become and be the best you can be. Perform at your best, whether you're number one, two, ten, or the champion of the world. If inside you know that you did your best, then you're winning. And that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. Have a great week. Enjoy, everybody. Stay safe. Be a sphere of influence and a role model. Excuse me. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Treat everybody with respect. This country needs all of us to treat each other with respect, please. Big cheers, no fears forever, or at least until next week. Buffer out.